BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with our American stories. Up next, we have a story from Jim McCluskey, co-author of the book entitled When the Truth is All You Have. We start off with Jim sharing a bit about his childhood and early adult life. My brother and I were were made to go to to Sunday school, but mom and dad were completely unchurched. And so they would just drop us off and pick us up. So one day when I was in fourth grade, I said to dad, "How how come Rich and I have to go to Sunday school and you and mom don't even don't go to church? Well, that stung him, I guess. Maybe mom and dad were feeling a little guilty before that, but I provoked them by that question. And then they started going to the same church that I was going to Sunday school. They became stalwart and very active members of this Bethany Presbyterian Church in Havertown. Dad was a, became a very important lay leader of the church. When I was a, a grade, in grade school, my Christian faith was very important to me. I, in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. I was fearless at that time because of my Christian faith. In other, in other words, I wouldn't go along with the crowd. I wouldn't, peer pressure didn't phase me in grade school. But once I hit junior high, then I, I fell into that wanting to please my peers and their values became my values. My faith was really uh, compromised. When I was in high school, I'll never forget this, I saw a, um, a short documentary on the nightlife in Tokyo. 
with all the bars and the uh, and the, the beautiful Japanese women in their kimonos and gaita shoes walking the streets and all the lights. I was just fascinated with that mysterious city. And that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Tokyo. I wanted to be a quote-unquote international businessman. I always always had this obsession to, to work overseas, international. I thought that was, again, a great way to live a life. But I didn't know specifically what I wanted to do, so I decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the Navy. And so I went to Officer Kennedy Training School in Newport, Rhode Island in the summer of 64. While at OCS, when you're nearing graduation, which I did in November of 64, you fill out what they call a dream sheet. My first choice that I put on my dream sheet was shore duty Japan. And that's exactly what I got. That in and of itself is a miracle. The Navy gave me what I wanted. And they assigned me to the communication station in Yokosuka, Japan, which is about an, an hour's train ride south of Tokyo, along the Tokyo Bay. As a commissioned 22-year-old Navy officer, I'm on my way to the land that I've always wanted to go to, Japan. Three years later, uh, then I, I was separated from the service, and now I'm going to, to the American Graduate School for International Management in, in Glendale, Arizona, to get a degree to return to Tokyo in a business capacity. I graduated from uh, the American Graduate School for International Management in October of 68. You know, I wanted to go to Japan, but I couldn't find a company willing to send me to Japan, in Tokyo in particular. So I borrowed $1,200 from my parents as a stake, and I flew to Tokyo without a job, no prospects for a job, but I did have the name of a man by the name of Bud Inglesby who had started up this management consulting firm and market research firm called Coral, and uh, he hired me. And so I worked for, for Bud for uh, three or four years. As it turned out, uh, unbeknownst to me or the staff of Coral, Inglesby secretly sold Coral to a joint venture between the Fuji Bank of Japan and the, in those days, the first national city bank of New York, now Citicorp. And it became readily apparent to me that I had no future in that firm. I decided it's time to go home to Philadelphia. Now, here we are in the summer of 1974. I've come back from Japan, disillusioned, disheartened, feeling betrayed by Inglesby. But now I'm looking for a whole new career. And I wrote a letter to 25 different consulting firms, including a local international management consulting firm called Hay, H-A-Y, Hay Associates. Hay was the only company who was interested in hiring me. So I was one for 25, but I struck gold with the one, Hay Associates. Now, at the same time, during those five years, I felt that an important part of my earlier life, my boyhood life, if you will. I had gone completely off track. I had left the church. I wanted nothing to do with the church. When I came home from Bucknell in my freshman year, I said to Dad, Dad, I'm never going to church again. And so I didn't darken a church doorstep from when I was 19 until I'm now working for Hay in the 70s, in my early 30s. But I felt the need to go back 
to church and rekindle my faith because I felt that my lifestyle was not a good one. Uh, my moral compass had gone south. So I joined Paoli Presbyterian Church, which was very close to my house in Paoli, Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, the minister there was Dick Streeter, with whom I'm still close with today. His message was to wash the other's feet, to give of yourself, to help the other, to follow the, the, the gospels of Christ. And, and that started to really take hold within me. I was starting to become disillusioned, even though things were going well with the corporate life. I felt I was leading a shallow, superficial, self-centered life. And in, in reading the words of the gospels where, where Jesus talks about what it means to be a disciple and to follow him, now I'm, I'm, I felt I was a hypocrite leading one life in darkness, at the same time steeped in the scriptures. So this was a battle going on within me. And finally I decided, after consulting only with Dick Streeter, that I think Christ was calling me to leave the business world and become a ordained Presbyterian church pastor. Which I saw the Dick Streeter, the minister of this large congregation, he was touching the, the hearts and souls in life-changing way of a lot of his parishioners and even people in the community. I wasn't touching anybody's heart or soul. I wasn't serving anyone except myself. And this really started to bother me deeply. And I wanted a life where I felt I was serving others in a, in a purposeful, authentic, meaningful way. And I felt the church pastorate was the way to do it, just like Streeter. In 79, I decided to leave, not only leave Hay, but leave the business world and go, go to Princeton Theological Seminary. And when I told my boss, Bill Dinsmore, who was the second top executive in the firm, I said, Bill, there's something I need to tell you. His first words were, Jim, I didn't even know you went to church. So I was still leading two different lives. It was time for me, not that they cared all that much, but to tell the world who I really am, what's really important to me. So off to the seminary I went. So for the next three years, I'm going to be at the seminary to earn that degree. Two of those three years, all of those students, all of us were required to do field education work, hospitals, churches, I chose Trenton State Prison. It was just a matter of curiosity. I've never been in a prison. I had no experience in any regard, in any way with the criminal justice system. But who are these people? Who are these inmates? And so I said, I'm going to join the program as a student chaplain. And you're listening to Jim McCluskey tell the story of his journey from businessman, international businessman, to pastor. And in the end, returning to his youth and that connection between the soul, his heart, and the rest of his life. When we come back, we're going to join Jim on that journey, the journey of becoming a pastor. More of Jim McCluskey's story here on Our American Stories.
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. And we continue with Our American Stories, and we've been listening to Jim McCluskey tell his story, those words earlier in that segment and in his story, my moral compass had headed south. And that was the swing and determining factor in this big pivot. We left off with Jim deciding to return to church and reignite the faith he'd had as a boy. Going back to church inspired him to leave the business world and pursue a seminary degree. While there, he had to choose required field education work, and he chose, of all places, Trenton State Prison. Let's pick up where we last left off. I was assigned to the maximum security unit. He assigned me to two different cell blocks, each containing 20 men, in their cells 24-7. Our role was to go cell to cell two afternoons a week, every Tuesday and Thursday, from 1 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and just be their friend. Talk to them, not to evangelize, just talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. One of the 40 men there was a man by the name of Jorge de los Santos, nicknamed Chiefy. He was the only one who was telling me that he was an innocent man 
he did not do what he was con convicted for and that he was serving a life sentence for a Newark, New Jersey murder. Now, we were forewarned, do not under any circumstances get involved in either their personal or uh, legal problems, situation. And if you do, you're out, you're out of here, never to come back again. Up until my tenure as a student chaplain, that had been strictly enforced and obeyed by all those who came before me in years before. Chiefy, when I arrived at his cell, which was midway down one cell block, all he would talk about was his, that he's innocent, he got framed by the prosecutors and the police in Newark, he never killed anybody, and he was in prison for life for the a botched armed robbery attempt of a used car lot in Newark where whoever did this shot and killed the proprietor of that used car lot. Now at that point, I'd never been a juror, I'd never been in a courthouse, I had absolutely zero connection or experience with our criminal justice system. I believed at that time that if you were convicted and certainly you were guilty, that the police and prosecutors would never countenance supporting perjury or in any way presenting anything other than credible, substantial evidence of guilt, that they were as honest as the day is long. And yet here this man is. Now, he was 20, he was 28 years old when he was convicted. He's 34, 35 by the time I encounter him. And he was very honest and open with me about his lifestyle. He was a heroin addict of Puerto Rican descent, raised in the harshest of housing projects in Newark, New Jersey. Two witnesses convicted him and sent him away. One was an eyewitness who claimed that when he was driving his tow truck by the used car lot, he heard gunshots. And then he, he looked in his rearview mirror and he saw Chief, he claimed to have seen Chiefy and another man who, who, who he identified as Lamont Harvey fleeing the crime scene. The second evidence used against Chiefy was uh, a man by the name of Richard Delasante, who claimed that while he and Chiefy were in the Essex County Jail, Chiefy awaiting trial based only on the eyewitness account, Delasante claimed that Chiefy confessed the crime to him. Both witnesses against Chiefy were drug addicts. Delasante in particular had an extensive criminal record, although that was misrepresented at trial. As I said to Chief, I said, come on, are you, are you telling me, you're telling me not only that you're innocent, but that the, that the prosecutors framed you? Now, why in the world would they frame you, Chief? You're, you were a junkie, you were basically a throwaway. And why would they conjure up and go to all that trouble to frame somebody like you? He said, that's just the point. The police convinced the eyewitness to identify me and Harvey because that helped them clear a case. That's all they care about, are clearing cases. The prosecutors, when you're a prosecutor, you want to get convictions. And if you don't get convictions and you go to trial, then when you come back to the prosecutor's office, you're not coming back with, uh, with what you uh, were there for in the first place, a conviction. So 
I had a very difficult time believing that. Over time, three months, September, October, November, I finally said to the chief, I said, look, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to get you trial transcripts. I want to read what the state has to say. So I did. I was able to get his trial transcripts. And I read them over the Thanksgiving holiday of 1980, some 2,000 pages of, of documents. And basically, what I learned in reading the transcripts was essentially what Chief had, had confirmed. And then I learned that Richard Delasante had not only given a false, uh, given a jailhouse confession against Chiefy, but he did the same thing against his first cousin, Danny Delasante. He claimed at Danny's trial that Danny confessed the crime to him, and Danny got convicted based on Richard Delasante's jailhouse confession and sent away to life. So I read the transcripts, and now I come back from Thanksgiving. Now we're in early December, and Chiefy says to me, he said, look, You've asked me a million questions, and I've answered every question that you've posed as truthful as possible. Now, I have a question for you, Chiefy said to me. I said, what's that? He said, do you believe I'm innocent? And I said, well, yeah, I do believe you're innocent. Then he threw out the $64,000 question. Well, what are you going to do about it? He says to me. I said, Chief, what do you mean, what am I going to do about it? Well, there's nothing I can do. I, I, you know, this is, uh, this, is, uh, this is way beyond my, my, my 37 years of experience in life. I don't know anything about murder. I don't know anything about uh, trials and criminal justice and DAs and police. I know nothing about it. It's a whole new world for me. He said, well, Jim, I've been on my hands and knees praying to God for someone to believe in me and work to free me. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, you're that man. God brought you to my cell to work to free me and bring me home to my wife, Elena, who was stuck by me all these years, even in my drug addiction days. What are you going to do, he said. Go back to your nice, safe, little, secure seminary and pray that somebody will help free Chiefy, will help rescue him from this wrongful conviction that you believe occurred? I said, well, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about doing. He said, if you leave me behind, knowing that I'm believing I'm innocent, then you're not really a man of faith. How can you square that with God? And you've been listening to Jim McCluskey tell one heck of a tale. And it gets me to thinking about the two questions in the Bible. The first question God ever asks man, which of course he asks Adam, where art thou? And the first question that man ever asks God, and that's Cain, saying, am I my brother's keeper? And here is Jim on his faith journey in seminary, trying to fashion an answer to both of those questions, God's and man's. We continue with this remarkable story, Jim McCluskey's story, here on Our American Stories.
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. And we return to Our American Stories. We've been listening to Jim McCluskey, author of When the Truth is All You Have and founder of Centurion, an innocence project dedicated to freeing the wrongly convicted. Jim had begun his seminary fieldwork in prison when he was confronted by a man who claimed to be innocent. And that's Chiefy. Jim was challenged on what he was going to do next. Let's return to Jim McCluskey. And that shook me up. It, it struck me right to the core of my heart and soul. This man was confronting me with who, who am I? What do I really believe? What does God expect of me? So I went back to the seminary, quite disturbed by this challenge. I prayed, I read scripture. Then I, re- I came across the book of Isaiah, chapter 59. And Isaiah says in this, in this chapter, no one goes to law honestly. They lie and spin their web of deceit. Ju- we look for justice, but there is none. 
truth has fallen from the public squares. The Lord saw this and was upset and wondered why there was no one to intervene in seeking justice. And I looked at that word intervene and I said, I wonder if this is God's sign to me to intervene on behalf of Chiefy. And I, I felt that it was. And so I went into prison the next week, actually a little before Christmas, and I told him I have a Christmas present for you and Elena. And so uh, I said, Chiefy, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to do what I can, move the ball forward to try and free you. I'm going to start that in a month or so after we finish our final exams. I believe that I was called by God to do this. So I'm doing it and we'll see how it works out. We embraced through the cell bars and silently tears coming down. We were both moved by what was going to take place. I decided to do this investigation myself. I'm 38 years old. I've been around the world. I know a little bit about how the world works. Nevertheless, I was a greenhorn. The first thing I did, I went to Newark and stood at the exact same spot where Pat Pusillo said he was when he heard the gunshots and saw uh, these two men flee the scene of the crime. Through the rearview mirror of his tow truck in darkness. And I determined very easily and quickly it was impossible for him to have seen what he said he saw based on darkness and distance. Number one. So he's out as a credible witness. It took 10 minutes, which by the way, Chiefy's lawyer never did. Now I'm going to investigate Richard Delasante, the jailhouse confession person. Richard said he had only been arrested. He'd only been uh, convicted of two crimes when in fact he had been arrested 40 times as a habitual criminal and had testified in other cases. When at Chiefy's trial, under direct examination by the trial prosecutor, Kevin Kelly, he claimed he had never testified in any other case at all. That was a lie, and I had the documents to prove that was a lie. And then I would write Richard Delasante, letter after letter. It took a year before he finally agreed to meet with me. I got a call from him in February of 1982. No amenities. He says, I know you, who you are. I know what you've been doing. I got your letters. I'm in the Hudson County Jail in Jersey City. If you want to talk to me, come on up. Later that week, I spent two full days visiting with Richard Delasante, and he told me the whole story. And I was taping all his conversations with me. So we had a whole rich treasure full of conversations and his confessions about all the real wrongdoing he had done in Chiefy's case and Rich and Danny's case and other cases on behalf of this crooked, corrupt Essex County prosecutor's detective who was his handler. And I met with the prosecutor, Kevin Kelly, and told him all this information. I, I was naive. I still believed at that time that Kevin Kelly, although he mistakenly, he honestly, mistakenly, convicted innocent man, when he hears this new evidence that establishes that, he might even help me free Chiefy. That was so naive and so dumb.
And when I told Kevin Kelly what I had, and then I telephoned him, when I telephoned him months later, when I learned even more, he hung up on me and said, Jim, I don't give a darn. If 10 people come forward and confess to this crime, um, you know, chief, he's good for this. And he hung up on me. One of the most important things I did, and I got lucky, is I need a, I need a lawyer. I can't do this by myself. Paul Castellero began work on this case with me. We were a team in late 1981. Paul was able to draw up a, a very compelling writ of habeas corpus. And we got a hearing in federal court for the federal district judge to, re, to consider and review all the documented evidence as well as witness testimony, post-conviction witness testimony. We put Kevin Kelly on the stand. He, he had to account for what we knew to be his subordination of perjury. And I almost felt sorry for him by the time Paul got through with him, but I didn't. On July 6th, 1983, three or four months after the hearing, Honorable District Judge Frederick B. Lacey reversed the conviction and found as a fact that Delasante lied to stay out of prison and that the prosecutor knew that he had lied and supported perjury. And on July 26th, 1983, several weeks later, Paul Castellero and I went down to Trenton State Prison and picked Chiefy up, a free and exonerated man, and brought him home to his wife in Newark that glorious day. Up until that point, it was the best day by far of my entire life. Now, during the two and a half years I was working for Chiefy, I had met three other New Jersey lifers who I had come to believe were also innocent. And all three were asking me to please do for them what I had done for Chiefy after we freed him. Now we come to another crossroads, which is in July of 1983. Chiefy's freed. I had finished my Master Divinity degree program. That was completed at the same time. But at that time, I was broke. However, just at that time. Now, I have a choice to make. Am I going to now go on and get ordained as a church pastor? Or what am I going to do with these three other men? Just when I'm struggling with that decision, I received a $10,000 tax-free gift from my mother and father. Dad, They had come into some extraordinary income from an old investment they had made years before that they gave each of us three kids a $10,000 tax-free gift. I looked at that as matter from heaven and seed money to begin what I later called Centurion Ministries. I decided to establish a nonprofit organization called Centurion Ministries and I named it Centurion after the, the Centurion in the Gospel of Luke the Centurion standing at the foot of the crucified Christ looks up and says surely this one was innocent that's where the name comes from then I, I began work I started to work on those three cases eventually we freed all three 
Renee Santana was freed in, Fe in February of 86. Nate Walker was freed in uh, November of 86. And Damaso Vega was freed in uh, November of 1989. And a terrific job on the storytelling and production by Faith Buchanan and Robbie Davis. And a special thanks to Jim McCluskey for his work with Chiefy and with so many others. Centurion has freed 67 men and women serving life sentences. And all again because he answered God's calls. Who am I? He asked. What do I believe? And what does God require of me? When challenged by Chiefy. And Isaiah chapter 59 provided the answer for him. God had sent a sign to me, he said, that word intervene just kept calling at me. And by the way, you can get to Jim's organization, Centurion, at centurion.org. Jim McCluskey's story here on Our American Story. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.